On today's episode, for the first half, the guys talk about the NFL draft coming up this week, how we think the top 10 will shake out, what we think of the quarterbacks, maybe some other hot names out there. And we have our good friend Nebs on to talk the NBA playoffs, what's been happening with the physicality in the game, all the object ejections that have occurred so far. Um, we get a little bit into, we do a fun draft of the best players to not make the playoffs this year. And then we wrap it up with a little talk about around the league, what ifs in NBA history and where the Blazers will be heading in the future. Hope you enjoy. Really, the Pac-12 was awesome. What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You separate the art from the artist. Oh, no! You're so transparent. You should never, ever do this to, like, now we're going to have Shaq and Ernie telling you, like, what you should be putting your money. <laughs> Guess the honor system isn't good enough for us. It's no, certainly no. not with this group. And, <laughs> and Sean went to go grab an angry soda. I don't like him. The locker room doesn't like him. Uh, he's just a loser. Well... George does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit. All of the money is in me looking good. You're listening to the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. It was good to see you guys this weekend, boys. Yeah, it was good to see everybody. Yeah, how are you guys recovering? Not, Not good. well. I'm still very much hungover. Like, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm still, like, hungover enough where I think I'll still feel it tomorrow. Like, it's it's just... I was t- just telling Jeeber I had to play a uh, men's league game on Sunday, and I pretty much was just on the couch all day, like not moving. Um, I got to say, I think I think the French onion dip might have been more harmful to me than the alcohol. <laughs> telling Christine if you like took an actual just like like cup full of what I what I ate over the course of the whole thing and tried to eat it at once, it would it would probably kill you. See, I'm not a big uh, French onion dip guy, but when really? uh, but when I get drunk, I have a hankering. So I was buying party snacks earlier today, and I saw this like liter of French onion dip. And oh I was, yeah, like, I was like, oh, this is a must have. This is a must have. Um, but yeah, I I, you, I won't say I did much on Sunday, but I wasn't that hungover. I think uh, I think the Zadie's light beer was uh, was basically hydrating for me. I, I I wasn't that bad the next day. I was gonna ask, did uh what was the uh what was the glorious moment when you got to tell the person that you finished it? Time of death, ten fifteen PM. Really? That's which early. Was little, which was a little too early because then people brought a lot of alcohol, which was nice of them and beer and stuff, but like then that all went and then people just turned towards our fridges. Oh yeah. <laughs> and raided it. <laughs> you would have thought we got we got looted yeah good thing you guys are uh moving out right away oh oh wait it was an efficient cleanup though i saw the first part of it everybody was firing on all cylinders we we cleaned it up well because uh we have our inspection like later this week ah. <laughs> so so we had to clean up well john you're uh you're but, uh, um, a little bit you're cutting out yeah sean right, i'm switching to hotspot <laughs> usually we get a couple of minutes or a I'm, second. Dude, i'm playing around with this draft thing that sean made skylar it's sick I, it's lo- I looked at it it was a very impressive spreadsheet i'm interested how much those numbers have moved uh a lot i i think they haven't accounted for jalen carter's behavior and will levis's weirdness 
<laughs> the mayo and coffee forces you down the the draft board that significantly. No, it's like the video of him eating the banana peel, the back muscles picture that he decided to post. It's like a combination of bad. Did you hear about the mayonnaise? He puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh, I, I heard about that too, and I think that's really <laughs> weird. That like the coffin. Is that the a Hall of Fame quarterback? Start. The podcast doesn't start until I put on my hotspot. All right, okay. so now we're good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a good segue yeah yeah but um yeah so it was a good it was nice to see you guys we didn't do a live episode which there was no time there's too yeah many, it, it wouldn't have fit. we got the picture though and that's honestly the best picture of me that's been taken in quite some time yeah jeep <laughs> was jeep was chasing the guys down at this party he was adamant that we were not going to leave without photo evidence that the three of us were in the same room and we didn't no we did not yeah, I think if we ever do a live episode, that needs to be like the point of the gathering because otherwise it's just going to be just horrible to listen to. Well, Scott, I do. I am going to be up to DC this summer, so better. I don't know if I'll be there. But if anything, Johnny was saying the whole time, like, "Man, had no idea DC was this fun." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> better." You know, plant those seeds, baby. It's the spot. Great startup well, town. Too. Every weekend you run into Jeremy Grant. True. Every weekend, Sean's throwing a big party with a keg. That is what we call a textbook DC weekend. See, but Pete, you guys don't understand is that uh, I didn't know most of the people at the party because they were actually all loud and uninformed listeners. <laughs> and then just showed up and they they were half expecting there to be a live episode. So we actually let people down. It was a terrible, the party yeah. was a terrible failure to a lot of people. It is good to get in a place with a lot of listeners because one of the pieces of feedback we kept getting was, where's the merch? So don't worry, we are in the lab. And by the lab, I mean custominc.com, seeing what can be done. Nice. Oh, yeah. I'd like to hear that. Yeah. Christine was telling me earlier, she was like, just just on on the podcast name alone, you could probably sell some good gear without people even knowing it was a podcast. Yeah. One of those brands. We could we could sell a shirt that had Fox News on it, and then we could sell one that also had CNN on it. That would be funny. And we, we could, could sell some political. Both sides. <laughs> both, you have a picture of Don Lemon and a picture of Tucker Carlson. We're it's like fired, loud and uninformed. We're like that Nick Cage movie where he's the arms dealer, sells to both the good and the bad guys. <laughs> we're, we're just we're just trying to make money. <laughs> what movie? Um, you know, Republicans buy shoes too. It's it's Republicans buy T-shirts too. Play yeah. both sides. That way you always come out on top. Right, right. Exactly. So uh yeah. what is the Nick Cage movie? I've never heard of that it's movie ever. Like Lord of War or God of War yeah. or something. It's pretty it's good. It's about the dude in the Britney Griner trade. Yeah, it is. It is. That is, is who, it really? That's who <laughs> we traded for Britney Griner. <laughs> when was the movie made? Like the two thousands. Like a while wow. ago. Wow. Yeah. Like not a great movie. But it is <laughs> it's kind of a national treasure. Cool story. It's entertaining. And, you know, they play the whole deep state side plot, you know. Yeah, so. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, we're not here to talk about deep state conspir- conspiracies. Sorry, George. But what we're here to talk about today is the NFL draft. And then maybe a little basketball later. But NFL draft time, it's this week. It's kind of snuck up on us. It has a tendency to do that. I remember right after Super Bowl week, we were so psyched to, to like prepare for the draft and everything. And then it kind of dropped completely off my radar. 
I think that just like conversation around it ramps up so much when there's nothing else for football people to talk about. And then it just becomes really annoying at a certain point. Yeah. About two weeks ago. I've gotten so burned out by hearing different quarterback shit every day. Apparently CJ Stroud's now the one who's going to fall. And it's like, just. Well, yeah. S2 cognition test is so bad. How could he possibly be good? We should. I wish we there was like because we can take the Wonderlick online, the three of us, and get our score. Oh, that'd be a great segment. They don't use it anymore. So the, uh, the S two thing or whatever the heck is their cognitive test that they make them do. I'd love for us to be able to take that one. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, there's something weird about all of that where like the data is not actually available very widely. So yep. people are just everything that they're going off of with the CJ Stroud thing was that the company said that no good quarterback had ever scored bad, which is like an incredibly vague statement with no numbers or no examples either. Yeah. No, no fat, yeah, no, nothing. So we have not games of guys that have been good football players that have done well, but they don't have examples of the opposite. So like, they have no examples of anything. They just literally put out just like a statement of like, this test is very important guys. Right. Right. It's like, oh, I'm sure it is. And you know, some front offices probably buy into it, other ones completely ignore it. Like, so it's it's the philosophies of each of the front offices. But speaking of philosophies of front offices, before we get into the draft, an important draft news today, Aaron Rodgers, officially official, officially official, 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 a New For York. Realsies. Mm-hmm. realsies this time. He's a New York There's Jets. A lot to get it done. Yeah, but I mean, like some of it was just like all right, what else can we sweeten? All right, let's switch our tr- our spots. Where you're 13 now, I'm 15. And then there was like also they traded like a pick 175 for pick 200 or something like that. Like, well, the big one I thought was the conditional second for next year because yeah, his, that's the Rogers playing 65 percent of games is almost nothing. Like, if he's going to be valuable, he's going to play 65 percent of games. So they're they're saying if. Aaron Rodgers like retires or like gets hurt and never puts on a Jets uniform, basically, then you still get a second for free, essentially. Could you see him doing that? Just getting traded and then retiring just to fuck with people. Like I I, I was hearing some stuff about that before, like, because I I heard that was like part of the concern from the Packers camp was that like the leverage that they had was that he might, or the leverage that they didn't have was that he just might retire if they don't get it done quick enough. I don't know if there's any truth to that. It was a concern. No, he, he, I mean, he's a weirdo too. Like he totally could do. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was a lot, but it's interesting. It's interesting for sure. Yeah. It was a lot. And I I think I've talked, we've talked about on the podcast before, right? Like it's just a lot for a two maybe three-year window yeah but yeah. uh they do have a good roster so yeah they have a lot of expensive guys that are really cheap because they're rookie or they're on their rookie deals like sauce Gardner and garrett wilson i think next year their value would probably be north of 20 million a piece and they're on rookie deals so yeah. i think there's a lot of good value on the roster it makes sense to go out and pay somebody right now title windows are small it's the it's absolutely the right move because they yeah. were really a playoff team. You put Aaron Rodgers in there. He gives you even if he gives them one playoff run in the next three years, like the next two years, he becomes the old man he is. Like, yeah, worth it. Yeah, they also did not have a fallback option in place whatsoever, which I think kind of hurt them a little bit. Um, especially it feels like there's so many like flyer quarterbacks that are out there right now that you could have gotten for basically nothing. Just I wanted, as- I wanted them to take the Tannehill. 
I think that would yeah, uh, Tannehill would probably be a little more than a flyer. I think you'd have to pay up for him, but like uh like a Mariota type to just stash on the team. Like a guy that's just unattached. Jarrett Stidham or something. Like somebody you could you could reasonably throw out there that's not Zach Wilson. Sure. I mean and at the end of the day though, it felt like neither team had real leverage. They were just gonna have to come to a agreement that I mean, it doesn't look, I don't think either team really looks too bad in this deal. And what I do think is interesting, though, is now you have the Packers at 13. Jumping the Patriots, unfortunately. I know they love Jordan Love. Like they they say they do. But there's a couple interesting quarterbacks in this draft. And what if CJ Stroud's there at like nine and the Bears are there? They're not taking a quarterback. Do you think they, they flip up for him? Because I think now the Packers become a team that could be looking at a quarterback. I the the chatter seems to be that Jordan Love is their guy. So I think unless something really crazy happened and like somebody fell into their lap, they might go for it. But I could I could see myself doing that personally. <laughs> but I feel I feel like they see themselves as a team that's already invested so much in Jordan Love and feel like they've seen good stuff that they wanna they wanna give him a real shot. Which I mean, like, I get that angle too, but I, it just, I just think there's a couple interesting quarterbacks if we want to get into it for this NFL draft. And I, Absolutely. Don't, I don't think the majority of them are going to go in the top six. So they're going to be really floating, floating around that area. Interesting. Uh, I think Bryce Young's off the board number one. I think he can mint it that he's a Carolina Panther at this point. Okay. Um, but after that, if we're looking at the quarterbacks, I like CJ Stroud still. I didn't necessarily follow all of the combine and the antics because I kind of tuned it out after a little while. I just remember like as college quarterbacks. Um, But I know Anthony Richardson's jumping up big time. And then you also have Will Levis in there. So you got four guys that are probably first round quarterbacks. And then you have a lot of other interesting prospects. So I think around like that nine to 20 range, there's probably two quarterbacks that are going to go. The way I, the way I read the board is the Panthers obviously go quarterback. I think if the Texans are really in love with Bryce young, they might try to move to one because it doesn't sound like the Panthers have been totally sold on a guy when they went to one, just the price is right at the time. Um, So I think, I think they take a quarterback. The Panthers take a quarterback, no matter what. I think Mm -hmm. the Texans would be really surprising if they didn't take a quarterback. And I think if I was a Texans fan, I'd be pretty upset if they didn't take a quarterback. Uh, Apparently they're they're taking a defensive player. I think that's smoke. I think that's late draft smoke. Like it's just so, and then, and then the Colts at four are a lock to take a quarterback. They're not playing this game anymore. So, and then the Seahawks sitting right there at five, they don't have their quarterback solution. Geno's effectively on a one-year deal. Um, that would be a very attractive place to take a project and let him sit behind Geno for a year and then have him be your guy going forward. So if I was a betting man, I would say that none of the four are on the board by pick six. And I also think that the Cardinals sitting there at three, yeah. that's a huge trade-up spot. I don't know if by – you think by six they're all gone. I say by six, they are all gone. I'd be really surprised if they fell further than that. I think somebody falls, and I think it's going to be Will Levis. I can see that happening, although I've seen the Colts really like him for some reason. But again, I know, and I'm, hope, I'm hoping that's what happens because I don't like Will Levis, 
It'd be great to be able to root against him. But he's in such good shape. That's why. Well, he posts pictures. <laughs> That's why I don't like him. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I think that the only two players that are really in the conversation to go above um, any of the quarterbacks are probably Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. And there's been like some conversation about Tyree Wilson because he's such a physical freak. But I I would be really surprised if other people crept into there. So I'd say seven. Oh. Yeah, I mean Jalen Carter and Will Will Anderson are like the beast of this draft. Definitely. Those are the two safest picks, in my opinion. Like if I was gonna say if you were like who's the Hall of Famer in this draft class, I would say Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. You could you could easily say those are the two up top. Um but it it's also I it's and you never know, like the Matt Barkley situation where he was a bona fide number one pick two years well, quarterbacks is always a much bigger gamble than right. but next year you have two better quarterbacks arguably than any of the guys coming up this year sure. so like why would the texans just not suck for another year you know and just just take will anderson and punt on the quarterback situation for one more season like i could see that happening it's a dangerous game because again the matt barkley situation where then he fell off a cliff in college his final season but yeah yeah, I think it's a lot to put put uh, because remember we were having this conversation last year because it was like the Kenny Pickett draft was the first quarterback off the board then about how this was the draft because you're going to have your pick of the litter and then of course you know Alabama sure. doesn't really turn in the national championship campaign that everyone was expecting I think C.J. Stroud was kind of disappointing and then I think these other two guys kind of started to creep up the board and sow the seeds of doubt because you know neither of those two are physical freaks like Anthony Richardson so. You know, I, I think you could play that game, but I also think if you're in a position to to draft a franchise guy, you, you probably should do it. So, I mean, if I were the Texans, I would definitely go out and take a quarterback and try to get this thing moving. But I, I see the logic for sure. Yeah, no, but okay. So besides these quarterbacks and Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, who we've kind of talked about briefly, who do you see as the strongest position group? Who's a good offensive weapon guy that you guys are kind of thinking about here um, when you look at the board? For me, the corners are really, really good. That'll kind of start going off the board in like 10, 11, 12 range. Um, I know uh, Christian Gonzalez is really, really good. Um, Devin Witherspoon, uh, they say hits like Cam Chancellor, which is great. Joey Porter Jr. Um, There's a lot, a lot of good guys that are corners and they'll probably go off in a little run. Um, and then the other one is, I think there's sneaky, two really good tight ends that could go in the first round. Michael Mayer is definitely, um, the more, uh, popular pick. I've seen him mock to the chargers a lot, which I think would be cool. Um, but Dalton Kincaid, they're saying might play a Cooper cup style power slot guy. Um, that's gotten pretty popular in the NFL, AJ Brown. Also, if you, if, if you like that comparison, um, but that could be a really interesting pick too. So I, I think there's good receiving options across the board. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigma is really good. I like Zay Flowers. I like Jordan. Um, but uh, I I think the tight end part of it could be really interesting, you know, kind of down the road. What do you think, Jeeb? I mean, I like Quentin Johnson. Y'all gave me shit for saying that. I really <laughs> uh, I just like what he's done at TCU. He's good. He can catch the ball. He's big. He's physical. He doesn't really have the burners, but – I like a, a receiver who can catch. And as a Tennessee Titans fan, I don't see him often. So 
Just a guy. <laughs> hands on the ball, make catches. I li- also like the cornerbacks. Um, there's one guy. I like all the guys you mentioned. Obviously, there's Keely Ringo in there. Uh, and there's this dude from Maryland who I'm really excited about. Deontay. Mm, uh, Deontay. Absolute animal. Uh, really good ball skills from what I've seen of him. He was fun to watch in college. Um, and I would be thrilled if the Titans took him in the second round because we do need a corner. Hopefully that happens. I've seen him going in the teens, which is crazy. Yeah, I think he's moved up. I think our draft board has him at 50. I don't think he's getting out of the maybe I'm I'm hoping he falls to the second round for the Titans. But yeah, what Speaking about uh, crazy risers or guys that I've seen back and forth all over the place, what's to make a B. John Robinson? Because I know everybody's like saying the Eagles should just take him because they have all the other parts and then they'll just have a cheap, good running back. For, but like Eagles aren't drafting a running back at 10. That's not Howie Roseman style at all. They might take Gibbs at 30, 31 or whatever. If yeah. Alabama, but like I don't see them taking at 10. So, so yeah. I've seen him at six. I've seen him at. 22 like <laughs> i think people really want there to be another like saquon level prospect and he's like close and had some of the hype going into the season and then didn't have the kind of all world season at texas that you kind of need to to be the saquon guy and the eagles are in the best position of the draft i mean what a what a spot to be and so i think you can do one of two things you could either be frivolous and you could go get the best receiver on the board, or you could get someone like Bijan Robinson, or you could make the number 10 pick worth it. And in my opinion, I think they should go Skaronsky, have him start at guard to start his career and then kick him out whenever Lane Johnson ends up retiring. But like, those are the kind of moves that keep you relevant for much, much longer versus just trying to like maximize both kind of winning ability, but also popularity to a degree um, cause obviously, you know, you'd sell a bajillion Jackson Smith and Jigba or B. John Robinson jerseys the second he came in, they'd be huge fantasy picks, the whole thing. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do there, but I agree with you. Howie Roseman does not take running backs, um, especially not that early. And I don't think he's that much better than the other guys. I, I, I think there is like a very clear hierarchy between Bijan and Jameer Gibbs and everybody else. But I don't think there's a big enough difference between Jameer Gibbs and Bijan to take Bijan that high when you're when you can get Jameer Gibbs late. There's first. a guy out of Pitt who I really, really, really like. And I don't know what his name is off the top of my head, but man, is he good. Um, and he's definitely kind of down a little bit lower. Um, but I I'm just a I'm a big fan of him. And I think he's you know, I, I think you could get him probably in three or four. And to me, that's just that's that's just a much better value. Um, let me see. Well, yeah, running backs, running backs truthfully are you can get them on the third day and still find valuable minutes. Like, yeah, his name's Israel Abinaconda. That is wow, that is a name. Yeah, remember, remember back to this past playoff postseason, besides the guy's name, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, who was the best player on the Chiefs offense, Isaiah. Pushing, pushing, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, you draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire to be like, well, you know, they did it because they were, you know, first running back off the board. They were like, we're so good already. Might as well just take him, juice the offense, and it didn't work. Yeah. And so, I mean, like the whole running back conundrum. I also don't get at 10, 
it would be a really good pick for the Eagles to take Devin Witherspoon, or I think that's his name out of Illinois, the linebacker. Yeah, yeah. But Howie Roseman also devalues the linebacker position more than any GM in the entire league. So I also don't see us taking that. So I'll be honest, a while back I thought I knew what the Eagles were going to do here. I have no idea what's going to happen on draft night. Well, it's night. interesting. How do you feel about your kind of corner depth right now? Because obviously Slay and Bradbury are both super high-level options, but Bradbury feels like a one-year rental, and Darius Slay is not getting much younger. And then who's behind them? Um. Well, we signed both of them. Big money. For But not for a considerable amount of time, right? James Bradbury, I'm pretty sure, is a three-year deal. Oh, really? Yeah. And Slay, I think Slay was a three-year deal, but like it's the first two are guaranteed, and then the third one's kind of a fall-off, get-rid-of year. I guess the real question is, does it make sense to go corner at 10 for the Eagles? I, If there's a corner prospect that they really love, sure. then I don't hate it. But you did just put a ton of money into it. The hard part is I wish there was an awesome safety in this draft. Like last year. Uh, Ryan Branch is definitely a, t- a cut above the rest, but I don't know. He's probably too bad to yeah. take it. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wish there was like uh, the, Kyle the Hamilton. Guy, yeah. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame last year. It was like, that would be the perfect pick at 10 for us, but I, 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 I hate it so much, but I've been hearing Buddha Baker to Philly. Yeah, I mean, that's the trade rumors too. And also apparently Derek Henry is an Eagle. So, I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows what's happening? Howie Roseman's obviously sending out his like spies around the league and just dropping rumors to whoever. So I have no idea what the Eagles are going to do. As long as they don't take a quarterback, I'm happy. <laughs> Why would they wouldn't take a quarterback? Remember when we had Carson Wentz locked up for years and we took Jalen Hurts with like the 34th pick? It worked out. It worked out well, but. That was just <laughs> you don't want to replicate mind fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. Uh, I'd be curious. Do you think so? I, there's a couple of tackles in this draft who are definitely going to be there around ten, but they're too big to play inside. They're like all all the guys are. You mean like Paris, <laughs> Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, Broderick Jones? They're all like six eight, three eighty, or something absurd. So they just can't play inside. Would you consider taking one of those as Lane Johnson in short insurance, or is that just a not really a smart use of resources when you're contending like this? See, the hard part is the Eagles have the best offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutland, in the entire league. He's a developer, too. He's not a guy that needs high talent to turn out results. Obviously, Lane Johnson was a top 10 pick. Like, I'm not saying that. But our other tackle, Mylotta. Never played football in his entire life, was a rugby player in Australia. They brought him over and made a five-year project. He's now, like, one of the best left tackles in the league. So I don't know if taking a guy to sit a couple years is a value pick when you have such a good developer of talent as your offensive line coach. I don't hate your uh, Skoransky or whatever idea if he can play guard, but we did just take Jurgens last year to be Jason Kelsey's replacement center, and it looks like we're going to play him at guard this year. So yeah. it's, so it's, I don't hate, again, it's another thing where it's like, that's a good idea, like to, to back up the offensive line depth, but do we want to use the 10th pick for that? And at the end of the day, I'm kind of thinking at this point, I'm like, we might just drop backwards and just. I, I think that's, I mean, we're going to have this whole conversation. That's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. You guys are going to trade out of it. It makes too much sense. And unless like, for some reason, Jalen Carter's still there at 10. I could easily see us just dropping backwards. 
I, I feel like you don't even have enough room on that line for Jalen Carter. Like, so this year it would be a crowded defensive line room this year, but after next year, Fletcher Cox is gone. Yeah. Um, I said that last year too, but he, he came back. So I, there's just a couple of guys on that defensive line that are getting old that we're going to need to replace anyway. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of the Eagles problem though, is that there's a couple of guys that are super, super high end people that are, that seem like they're in their, not necessarily declining in ability, but that they're just going to retire soon. And you have to imagine that if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, that that will almost certainly happen to more people than it would otherwise. So I feel like you do have to juggle the, you know, you got a lot of good young players on long-term deals. This could really be a good team for a while, but you also, you know, obviously want to win next year. So I feel like when you're looking at the draft, it's really difficult when you're kind of caught in between those two places where I think what you're looking for are valuable rotation pieces that also factor into a good long-term plan, you know? And somewhere that you know that contracts are going to turn over in four years when you hopefully this guy gets a contract. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's why corner I thought was interesting too, because yeah. you have a guy that can kind of go out there, you know, give you good reps now, but then, you know, eventually when some of these older guys move on, because it's an old room, it's an old corner room. Yes, it is. And I, I wouldn't hate that. What about your guys' teams? What do you want to happen? Yeah, Patriots are at 14, really could use a weapon. Jackson Smith and Jigba dropping there would be pretty incredible. Um, I, I've seen a lot of like Zay Flowers. I've seen a lot of um, – uh, who's the other one? Jordan Addison. I've seen a lot of, um, the Patriots have too many picks in this draft. They have 11 picks. So they'll probably make about eight. So <laughs> yeah, they have the, uh, they have, they have the ammo to move. So if there's somebody that they really like, I could see them doing it. I don't really know who or why they would. It's a weird roster right now. I mean, similar situation to the Titans where it's just like, you know, we're not picking somebody that's going to, it's going to really change the season that that much. But I think if anyone could, it would be someone like Jackson Smith and Jake. So that would be my pick at 14 if he's still there. I like that for you guys. Yeah. But does Bill Belichick want to give talent to receivers to a quarterback? Uh, probably not to Mac because he hate, they hate each other right now. It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's going up in flames in Foxborough. Yeah. So after the Titans trade Derrick Henry to the Eagles for a seventh-round pick, what, what are they doing with that seventh-round pick, Gene? The seventh where, round where are pick? the Titans picking? 11. 11? Um, I don't know what we're going to do. We're talking about trading it. Um, it's down. honestly like, yeah, trade down and just kind of punt. I don't think we're taking a quarterback. Uh, but if we do, apparently the front office really likes Stroud. And I wouldn't be – I wouldn't hate that, but I, I like, I don't think this is the year to go all out for a quarterback. I'm okay with waiting till next year. Um, but we're not in a good, like, situ we're not in an exciting situation. Like I want us to commit to tanking and we won't really do that. So. I think the exciting thing is moving up to three and kind of getting some, if, if whoever's at three, you like, because if, you know, the board falls in a way where the Texans do end up going defense at two and then the Titans have everybody, presumably Bryce young. Yeah. That's like, you know, you're not, you're not going to constantly be in striking distance, especially the Titans are like notoriously 
will like with Vrabel there, they're going to be decent. They're going to win six, seven, eight, nine games. Yeah. As long as Vrabel's at the helm. So, yeah, I think that's the problem. If we commit to a tank, he's going to leave. He's going to say, all right. Yeah. And also if you get to a point where you're, you know, you're, you're picking 11 next year, but then the only quarterback you want is at one. Now all of a sudden it costs you five firsts to move to one versus like this year, you could probably get it done for like one, maybe even less than that. Yeah, maybe. I uh, have to think about I mean, like, not that I'm making the decision. I don't really know what I want. <laughs> I, 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 the safe pick would be a tackle. If Paris Johnson falls, which it looks like he would, but now not so much. Take him. Uh, I like Skoronsky, too. Um, can't go wrong with it. I don't mind Quentin Johnson. As I've said, I really like Quentin Johnson. Nobody really likes him. Trust the TC receiver. Don't fall for it. Uh, well... <laughs> That I'm a little worried about that actually. Because, uh, <laughs> there seems to be a formula, and that's not part of the winning formula. It's taking TCU receivers, but I think when Johnson's a little more proven than Rager was, um, but then again, Rager did have definitely a, a highly higher touted. Even though Rager was a first round receiver, when yeah. Johnson higher higher touted than he was. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't... The Titans are also awful at developing receivers, so I don't. I don't, want I don't know. AJ Brown's looking pretty good these days. Yeah, I uh, for like <laughs> also looking. also I don't even know why I'm bothering saying that the Patriots are going to pick anybody like any of this. They're going to trade down and then they're going to take a long snapper from SUNY Cortland, and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I hate the draft. I get so excited, and then we fucking pick Cole Strange, and they always end up being good. That's never the problem, but but it's like you could have gotten them. Yeah, like when we picked Kyle Duggar out of Lenoir Rhine. It's in the Belichick first. trying to be a smart ass. Like, it's like, look at this. Like, I can do whatever I want and make a good player. And it's like, that's great. But, like, just use a second, you know. I do I, wonder I, if Philly's going to get knocked down a peg. And and I think maybe, you know, you can be the greatest coach in the history of the game and kind of realize that there maybe needs to be difference with different with your approach. Yeah. I hope it happens to that happened to Landry, Tom Landry, the legendary Cowboys coach. He yeah. was all-time great coach for the longest time and then held on too long. And then uh, the devil himself reincarnated. Jerry Jones bought the team and unceremoniously fired him after one year at the helm under his ownership. Yeah. Now the team wasn't doing well. But, like, I, well, think, I think sometimes these coaches, like, the owner was too buddy-buddy for him and didn't want to move on. It's interesting to see a coach like Andy Reid now, who has obviously always been a very good football mind, but didn't have that kind of respect just because the situation didn't really fall into place. And now it has, and I think he'll go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. So, I mean, it's definitely nobody's that brilliant that they just bring success all on their own. I I think you still need to be very good to make something good out of that situation, but I do think that there are times then where you have to realize like, okay, things might not be going the way that we're breaking right now. Maybe I could use the help. Maybe, maybe we should change the process, whatever. I think a lot of it is good, but you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm just interested to see who's going to be the Sammy ball of this draft. You know, (laughs) So we're always wondering about (laughs) who's the next Sammy ball. Nobody's ever come close. (laughs) I am uh, curious uh, what you guys think of the other. There's another quarterback whose name's kind of been popping around. I've seen some people give him like a late first round, early second round grade. I've seen some people give him a fifth round grade, and that would be Hennon Hooker. 
Oh, I know. Perfect draft day for the Titans. They take Hooker at 11 because they panic and all the other quarterbacks are gone. And then in the second round, they take Jalen Hyatt because they just want to work on the chemistry that's already there. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's the... They're the Tennessee Titans, but they're also the Tennessee Vols, and they changed their names to the Tennessee Vols professional. Nightmare draft. <laughs> well, okay, I will say I do like it in Hooker. Um, I just – it's going to take some time, like, because what Tennessee runs uh, is the same shit that Baylor did with the, the run and shoot, veer and shoot, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's just, like, not very comparable to the NFL's <laughs> offenses today. Because you're not like making, you're not going through progressions. It's just like this guy's open or you're throwing it away or you're checking it. It's like you're not yeah. making any decisions. So there's going to be a learning curve. And Hooker's a smart dude. Like he didn't run that at Virginia Tech and he did pretty well. Um, so I think he will be able to learn. Uh, I think he's a great second round pickup. What I, who I don't get is Tanner McKee. Uh, not that I watched all that many Stanford games, but he just like, this this guy is Davis Mills 2.0 at the best. Like he, he's, I don't think his ceiling is there. Yeah. He doesn't do anything great. I think David. A lot of people would take Davis Mills 2.0 in this draft, probably. But like in what the second round, third round, where where do you think he'd go? He's a. Uh, if we know what he's gonna become. Well, I mean, yeah, but just based on uh, you know, Belichick would be all over him. The Patriots. Hey. <laughs> But I saw I was watching some tape on Hendon Hooker, and man, I have never seen a quarterback that literally just stands there in the pocket, like doesn't bounce, doesn't move, just stands. Kind of, well, he's I very fascinating to look at. I wish the Eagles were in the lookout for a backup quarterback because I would take him with a third round pick. Yeah, I and then have him take over for Jalen Hurts in two years when exactly instead of uh, instead of Mariota as their backup, I didn't like that move at all. Yeah. Uh, the one last one I'll throw in before this before this segment ends is I've seen a lot of chatter about the Vikings moving up to take one of the quarterbacks. So that's another one to keep the eye on. Captain Kirk doesn't approve. I think they declined his option, right? And I Ooh. think that this is his last year now. So if there's time to take a project and sit him behind a competent quarterback, I think this would be the one. We'll wait and see. Will it go as exactly as we predicted? Almost or... certainly. No. Nebs, thank you for joining us today. Nebs is our good friend. Uh, he was the sharpshooter on our intramural basketball team back in the day. Um, always gave us a good uh, four threes, usually shot around 75% when it mattered. So uh, so welcome to the show. You are being very generous. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I mean, I could talk about your nice little float game, too. If you I really appreciate it. I don't, know if, I don't know if I took four shots in those games <laughs> I think maybe i averaged four shots but you know i'll i'll take it though yeah but how are we doing today we're all right man a little late day for a monday but it's okay that's why i'm late so i'm sorry for being a little late but you know shit working until after seven my god yeah see man this is why you just got to quit your job like us and become mediocre sports podcasters yeah. <laughs> join the media <laughs> I was going to say, because I, I, I didn't want to do something for you guys. And I was like, I'll, uh, I was playing a lot of the what if game this, this weekend with my brother about like NBA playoff history. I got some interesting ones. Oh, and I was going to prep for, for you today, but then I like had work and shit. Sure. So like, this is a job. Yeah, I was like, well, this is crazy. But if it I makes you feel any better, you know, two thirds of us don't do any prep either, and and you know, we we were not working that late, and this uh, is what we do. We got it. We got it. 
And and you can really tell when I have a busy work week because there's no promotional posts that go out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but we make do. We make do. The interns all quit a while ago, so it's been tough. No, yeah. I've been shit posting on Twitter still. I... <laughs> Not you, Jeeves. The interns. <laughs> um, but yeah. So talk a little NBA playoffs here. I think the biggest thing that's kind of pointed out to me so far in the first round, and you talk about every year, is the physicality upgrade of the playoffs versus the regular season mm-hmm. and what the refs let go versus what is a ticky-tack foul in the regular season. I wonder your guys' opinion. Is it too different? Because at times it looks like a different game. Or, or, or do you think it's the right jump – like more people are watching, so you want to let them play. Like, what's the right call here? I mean, you know where I'm going with this. There just needs to be fewer regular season. Like, why are we playing a sport where we're Olympic? Like you even said that it's not. It doesn't even look like the same sport. But ignoring, you know, talked about ignoring that. <laughs> I do think that um, I like the physicality in the playoffs. It makes it a lot more fun. But man, like so many stars have gone down already. So no. you want to balance it between. I think I'm getting some feedback. I think you need to balance it between, um, you know, having having it be physical, physical, but keep the good guys in the game. Yeah, I mean, I like that it goes up. I agree with Skylar on the 82 games. Like, as a fan, I also refuse to care for 82 games of anything. <laughs> like, baseball is ridiculous, but I understand that they have, like, pitching rotations and everything, but I just, I can't. And even the players, they don't play, what, past 70, any of them? Maybe that's why they instituted all those 65 rules for next oh, yeah. year. Right? And they all don't play, like, 66, like, and then that's it, and shut it down, which they should. Um, but I will say, though, in terms of the physicality, I like that it goes up. This year has been crazy, but also I think has resulted in them just making these ridiculous calls, too, because people are getting ejected for the most ridiculous things ever like the the james harden one was just so absurd and i think the other two i mean even the dylan brooks one was crazy to kick him out of the game for it hey we protect people's testicles in this league that is a hard line stance from the league office there's been a lot of dick touching and then <laughs> more than i ever remember in years they past. they've they've just i feel like the refs have lost the plot I really think they have because, and I think it started a little bit with that Sixers Nets game where, you know, as a Sixers, I'm glad we ended got the sweep because, like, if we had to play the Nets again, that would have sucked because they were so much. They didn't call a foul in the Nets in the second half. They blew the Embiid injection. Embiid should have been ejected as a by yeah. six man. I think that's why they ejected Harden. Right, it was an intentional <laughs> kick, and then Harden does an unintentional ball tap on a on a push off, just a flick, and he gets ejected, and it's just like. It, the bias was there, and then Claxton gets ejected later in that game for a second technical. It was all over the place. You have, um, of course, I haven't watched a single Nuggets Wolves game to be fair, they're on too late. But Gobert got <laughs> ejected last night for something, apparently. Like, yeah. what's with all and Draymond, of course, is going to get ejected at some point. That was ridiculous, but like the suspension on top of it, what, what's going on? Like, have the refs lost complete control? One more. DeJounte Murray went after the ref after the game because he felt it was such a bad call. He suspended for game five. Like, <laughs> I think this might be a product of them letting them play. I think but, what we said at the beginning might be like, they're all confused. And now that there's any sort of like 
like if you let them play and i guess if they start talking shit you're scared that like it might escalate to a fight or anything but i don't know i don't want to lose one at the expense of the other i feel like there's a medium like they could just call the games more aggressive and then let the guys show like a little emotion and just like calm everything down like it doesn't have to be one or the other but i do think going from that to that like everybody's like okay hold on what the hell's going on here at least for the first round i hope it stops yeah, I feel like there's a division between like some of the ejections were real ticky tacky, like the Harden one, and then there's been a couple that were almost like, uh, like almost like the ones on Dylan Brooks, Draymond Green, the Dejounte Murray one was almost more like punishment for like bad behavior that's been happening continually and habitually. So, I mean, to one degree, I kind of get it, and like with Dylan Brooks, like when you're swinging an arm after you're you know talking all this shit and everything. You can't be surprised. Draymond, same kind of thing. There's just such a long history of it. And I think there's just, it's a no-nonsense kind of thing. But then you have to kind of just apply the actions there to everybody equally. And sometimes you get weird situations where a guy like Harden, who doesn't really get ejected or have trouble with the rest, ends up getting ejected from something pretty stupid. So, I mean, I, I see how it got there. And, and I think they're just trying to do their best to, like, keep these ridiculous personalities in check. And unfortunately, it's come off as a little inconsistent. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, and then you have like the Knicks, um, Knicks. Cap series, which has been a good competitive series by all means. I feel like that's the only series that's been called well. Yeah, the whole time. Well, and, I, I don't think the Kings one has been bad. Like Draymond, you can't do that. And yeah. he did his like that man fully stomped on, <laughs> on his chest. Like that's not allowed. And the Brooks one, I thought was. Like, give him a flagrant one or a technical or something. Like, I didn't think he should have got ejected. But I forgot that he did that to Donovan Mitchell earlier this year on purpose. If you guys remember when he fell. Oh, look at that. Oh. oh. Welcome yeah. to the show, Kenny. Hey, Bubba. Kenny uh, is Neb's dog. He just he just jumped in the camera. Yeah. Um, <laughs> named him yeah. after Pentavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah, he went like this and definitely hit him on purpose in the nuts. So... Maybe that has something to do with it. But, yeah, overall, I just want the guys to play. Like, I don't want anybody to lose a playoff game because Embiid got ejected in the second – in the first quarter, even though he probably should have that game. You know. To be fair, also, it seems like the NBA is kind of – it's turned into this thing where a lot of it is surviving different people not being able to be on the floor for one reason or another, whether that's injuries or foul trouble or getting ejected for punching somebody in the nuts. It seems like a lot of what goes into it is how can coaches manage that from a lineups perspective? How can players manage that from a switching roles perspective? So, I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world when a guy gets ejected. I think it's more of like, all right, next man up. We're used to watching NBA games without full rosters out there. So, you know, and and it's interesting. It's interesting to see because, you know, like for the Sixers, for example, now all of a sudden you have guys who are used to playing off ball that have to play on ball. And this is all through the lens of your offense runs through your center. So I don't know. I think it's cool. It's interesting. I don't mind when Dylan Brooks gets ejected. I hate that guy. I'll be, I'll be interested for the next round. Cause you know, the talent always tightens up except for right now in the West. It's weird. The bottom teams are good ones. So there's been some good first like three, six Kings Warriors has been awesome. But next round in the East should be interesting because talent levels get closer. It's like Celtic Sixers is going to be, high level talent so i think it won't be as chippy like there will be some chippy moments but i think the nets weren't playing basketball they were just they went into it saying we gotta we gotta make this a dog fight yeah right so i think it might look a little better 
as as we move into the move on in the playoffs. But we could also talk about charges. Kevin loves getting like averaging four charges taken a game. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they gotta they find something that? Out. They say they're gonna change that. Like There's the, talk of it. And it's so stupid. I think charges are part of the game, and it's the only real thing a defender can do when a guy's out of control. Yeah. They yeah. gotta get rid of the charges that start at like the foul line. Well, defense is so hard these days. I don't understand why you would just like nerf the one thing that you're actually able to do. And I think it's part of the game. Like, I know the NBA has kind of taught us, like, well, if you're within five feet of the rim, that's a dunk. So just get out of the way because you already let them get too close. But it's stupid. Like, if you can do it if it's a free run, but part of the game is making shots over people, controlling your body. Keep it in. If, if they're going to get rid of charges, they also have to nerf the block. Like, the block, I think, has gotten so bad. It's yeah. just, like, you should be able to. And what, just no call? Yeah, just let let them rub the their boys hands together a little bit. I don't think they're getting rid of it. They're just determining like, like where you have to. You can't slide under a guy like what Kevin Love does. Like that's not allowed anymore. Like you have to try to block it. Yeah, it's, it's like Samarant and Giannis both got hurt. Was on these slide underneath charges yeah. and clipped them in the air, and then they went flying. But I kind of think that's on the offensive players' part. If you're that out of control. Yeah, a little bit. It's the Jaws game. He just kind of yeah. flings yeah. himself up in the air. I'm surprised nothing has happened to Morant sooner because he is just always things happen to him all very the time. high in the it's air cool. and coming down, and he's never on his feet, and it's like, Ugh. Yeah. but it's good. It wasn't a knee. Like fingers are better than knee. Yeah. Also, his legs are about as big as Sean's arms. So <laughs> I have huge arms. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know they, what it, Kings Warriors series has been awesome. But I heard De'Aaron Fox broke the tip of his shooting finger, like it's his middle finger on a shooting hand. So that's kind of going to put a huge damper. He's the leading scorer in the playoffs right now. Did you see that Kobe had the same injury and played through it in the 2010 championship and won the championship? I saw that today. And hey, who told? Okay, so you it was social media that told you. I was told by uh, Twitter.com. So, oh, so who knows. I are was you, like, if you remember that, that would have been so no, 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 no. It was one of these things where it was like, De'Aaron Fox is a bitch. Like Kobe would have played through it. Kobe did play through it. Apparently, he broke it in like the third quarter. Yeah, he played oh. like the rest of the game with it, but that seems problematic. And it's just foolish. Yeah, I mean, half the stuff that Kobe, like Kobe was like that you should sleep two hours and train fourteen, and now people are like, no, no, you shouldn't do that. That's that's bad for you. Also, is De'Aaron Fox Kobe? Was that the comparison you're making? Uh, that you should just, uh, if you're a pro athlete, you should have some sort of mamba mentality. What are those, Kobe? Play through the pain. Fair enough. Um, Learn how to shoot right-handed like an adult. Yeah. Uh, Nebs, as your team's not in the playoffs this year, Nebs' team is the Blazers. So who, who, do you support anybody in the playoffs this year, or are you just, you just love a, a fan of the game at this point? So I'm a Blazer fan, so it's hard to be a Laker fan, but I'm also a LeBron fan. So it's in there. Like, I want him to do well. So if he ends up in the championship, I would want him to win it just for legacy's sake. And at this point, he's just, you know, battling the GOAT. Like, there's nothing else he has to achieve. Um, But I really like the Kings. Over the years, I'm just going to be honest, I have come to be a Warriors hater. That's good. From being on the West Coast. 
So, like, with the De'Aaron Fox injury, like, if you look at their last five, they always play somebody that gets hurt in the championship run. Kawhi, when he was up big, his ankle got hurt. Kyrie snapped his knee that first series. Yeah. Why is that, like, Delhi should not be playing 40 minutes in the finals. <laughs> hey, he was pretty good. He filled in well. You see the he podcast where someone said it almost killed him? Yeah, JR said that. <laughs> and, um, like, literally, Delavadova and Mozgov got, like, ridiculous contracts <laughs> off that one <laughs> finals. Because people got hurt, and then now they had to play. That's crazy. That's right. Uh, uh, were you going to say Chris Paul with the Rockets? Chris Paul that with one. the Rockets. Yeah, I remember that one. There's been so many. And uh, in 2019, they like, I think if Clay doesn't tear his Achilles or KD doesn't get hurt, they win that championship easy. So, like, it, it happens both ways against Toronto, like, when they play Toronto. Yeah. Uh, but it's always crazy that it's, it's somebody in the path. And, like, I, not, to de- not to say De'Aaron's the one – of, you know, they still got to play the Suns and the Lakers and everything, but that is a hater. That is a hater approach. <laughs> I think it's factual and it, it put, it points it out. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a start. I mean, deer and Fox has been electric this playoffs. I think been averaging like 38 or something. Not 38. He's like, he's like 31 and a half. And I think Anthony Edwards at 32 and a half, which. The Timberwolves are going to be gone tomorrow night. So, I mean, that one doesn't even really matter. But um, T-Wolves actually stolen from the Nuggets, too. Again, yeah. series that I haven't watched a minute of because it comes on too late at night. But <laughs> I think I've watched the first three minutes of that game, like of every single one. And then I'm like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. What, what, what other uh, interesting storylines you guys follow in this NBA playoffs? What about the Knicks? Tell me about yeah, the Knicks. talk about the Knicks for about half a second. Both of our Eastern Conference finals pick, the New York Knicks. So I think I want to talk about two things on that side of the bracket, because the first one is definitely the Knicks. And man, are they so much fun to watch. I don't know if they'll lose a game at the Garden this year. I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> that place is bumping in a way that, like, you can feel it through the TV. It's really incredible. You guys see Mike Augusta's videos? I'll send them to you. <laughs> I saw the picture that he t- – I think our oh, our Twitter reposted the picture of him with his Baja Blast. Yeah. He's in some, like, celebratory videos, like the the reels they have up. The sidewalk on, talk. Like, yeah, he's in there just dancing on the streets. That's great. He gets to go? Yeah, he went to game four. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we've looked really, really, really good. No complaints. Um, and One then point loss, that's all. Yeah. So that's it. And uh, and honestly, Darius Garland couldn't miss the whole game. So whatever, you know, you'll 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 take those. But they're playing the winner of Milwaukee, Miami. And Milwaukee does not have a cakewalk right now. They're down 2-1, and we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, Giannis is back, so who knows? It could it could get ugly really quickly, but Playoff Jimmy's a different different kind of guy. They were the one seed last year. You know, if the Heat end up moving on, I like the uh, I like the Knicks odds of getting to the conference finals a hell of a lot more than trying to go through Giannis. Yeah. If he plays, I think that's like even if he's hurt or like a little banged up. Yeah. Series, you guys have a good shot. Now I do think if Boston or Philly stays, they stay healthy through their series. I think the Knicks would get waxed in the. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One of those three. Even Milwaukee could do it, but yeah. If 
if Giannis is a little banged up and they lose the series to Miami, oh my god, New York in the conference finals is going to be unbelievable. Are you kidding me? I, I'll uh, we should go. That I gotta go. <laughs> We're gonna use the budget of this podcast. Yeah, yeah take the budget. <laughs> and I, I gotta, I gotta make some merch sales pretty quickly. Um. I'll take no, out a big loan for T-shirts yeah. and then just spend on tickets. I've been I've been loving the the Knicks. Um, as somebody that like I won't be able to see them until the Easter Conference Finals for the Sixers, it's been easy to, um, like get behind them and root for them. I still I said it before. Julius Randle doesn't make any sense, and I hope None. this guy isn't the reason that you guys lose some games here because what is he doing taking three sixty threes out of the top of the key? All you know time? what? Thibodeau benched him. Down the stretch of the last game. And I hope because I think the ideal version of Julius Randle is a kind of like if everything that Draymond is, but just like the total opposite for like offense versus defense, he's the kind of guy that can play out a short role. He he can give you a lot. You know, he scored 50 this year. He's fantastic on offense, not great on defense. He's more of like a high end, really, really high end role player but he's just in the spot where he's like the number one option on a team that's, you know, the five seed in the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I, I think he will probably see his role diminish. Jalen Brunson is a stud. I mean, he's just, how fun has he been? Um, and I, the NBA is just better when the Knicks are good. You know, it's, it's fun to get sidewalk talk videos. It's, it's, it's good for everybody. And uh, if I were a Sixers fan, I would want conference finals games to be at the garden and then at Wells Fargo. Like how much fun would that be? If they were going back and forth from New York to Philly. Come on. We, we already played the New York City team. We don't need to play another. You don't need to do it again. <laughs> but uh, no, that that would I don't be. I don't know if anyone cared when the Nets were. <laughs> no, but it was empty. Game four was empty in Brooklyn. Like yeah, there were nobody... in the arena. Um, <laughs> but uh be interesting. I think the Celtics, I'll be, I'll be able to say it. The Celtics dropped a game to the Hawks and been played close since game one. Does anybody think the Celtics are looking a little a little flawed here? Or? I think uh, <laughs> it's one of those like we'll see. Uh, we're in a day and age where you see kind of shaky. For that's how I feel about the Suns too. Like I don't think the Suns have looked particularly good, but I'm also not. I also don't think that that necessarily factors into how I view them as a whole. Um, like if they ran away with the first four, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, these guys are going to win the championship. But I also don't think them slipping up really like dings them too much from where they were standing in my mind going in. Do you feel like this the Celtics are worse? I just feel like they should be blowing out this terrible Hawks team all the time. And uh, Joe has Bula at the helm. That's what uh, I asked my roommate, Dan, who's a Celtics fan. I said, Dan, who's the Celtics head coach? And he goes, Joe has Bula. He had no idea. <laughs> um i don't think he's that good of a coach i think he fell into this role and his tactician tactically has not been that great and and i think not that doc not that doc rivers is a great (laughs) game tactician but but just from a celtics fan perspective i would be a little worried that this team can't can't string together a couple really good games against the hawks why is is you know, after, if this first round, if the Heat lose, is Thibodeau the best coach in the Eastern Conference? Well, Nick Nurse got fired. Nick Nurse did get his ass fired. Which is wild. If the, <laughs> if the Heat lose or the Heat win? If the Heat lose, because Spolster is better. I think I think the Bucks coach is still... Boot, buttonholes are Yeah, for sure. 
He's oh, a very good coach. Oh, he sucks. I don't know. I think he limped into that finals. He can't. He doesn't know. How I to don't. I don't think so. His life. I don't think so. You got to look like uh, both. They were saying that on the uh, broadcast the other day. Memphis's coach and Darvin Ham came from that coaching tree. Like to have your Who's coaching tree from Boldenholz. Oh, from Boldenholz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back with the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like. I mean that I think that speaks. I think he's a pretty good coach. But um yes, I think Spolster is first. You're right. Definitely. And then other people still in it right now. Thibodeau, how yeah. Like sometimes I feel like he's just like caught up in his principles. Like he's definitely an old school style. But uh his problem was always that he would blow people in the regular season. Yeah. When he's on though, like he's good. Like yeah. even though Chicago's here, he was really good. Uh Sean, I think you're right about the Boston. His the coach is a problem. Like it's not the same as last year. It's just not. Like he is not as good. I know they're both first year coaches, but I different think, levels. Yeah, I think they have the players though. Like, I think you, you. I think that next round series is gonna be a war. I think it's going to six or seven, and whoever it's gonna be so fun makes it out of yeah, that is is gonna uh limp in to either you know probably play Giannis again. So I don't know. If that gives Milwaukee an advantage, oh. they get past this because yeah. that that series is gonna be a mother to then go play Milwaukee after, and then you gotta stand yeah. in front of Giannis. No, yeah. no, no. So like, hey, that's the only tough part. Sixers fans already have our scapegoat. Joel Embiid's knee is already sore. He's not at full strength. You know this. This wasn't a fair series. We're already making excuses. I'm getting out. No, I mean. I like that the Sixers are getting lots of rest leading into this. They'll have to win one of the first two, and if they do that, then I know we can compete and win this. All yeah. four games against the Celtics this year were really close. It should have been split, but Tatum made that game winner at the last second, so like we lost the series 3-1. But but they're all close games. It'll be really interesting. It's going to be Ken Joellian Bead score 35-plus each night, and Tatum is an inefficient 30. I think that's that's the formula because yeah. it's going to score. It's just how efficiently um, sort of sort of situation. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when my mental health is just just taking a nosedive next. Yeah, week. I think uh, we're going to get a lot of really, really good second round games. I think that the the Knicks versus whoever will be interesting just because of what we talked about, that that's just going to be fun. I think Sixers Celtics is going to be incredible. And we're probably getting Denver Phoenix. Which is yeah. Phoenix's for or Denver's first real test, which I think that's part of the reason I haven't been interested in the Timberwolves series. I just I don't think they that's a real playoff team, so it just hasn't been interesting. But I want to see how Jokic stacks up to playoff competition. We've been talking about it all year. Um, and then the last one is whoever makes it out of those two dogfight series, the yeah. Lakers, Memphis, and, and Kings Warriors. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna get a lot of good second round games. And Nebs, we did this for the last one, but we got to hear your picks. We need. Conference finalists, so the two teams on the East, two teams on the West, winners and and champion. Okay. I'm going Phoenix. Lakers. Okay. I wanted to say, I really think the Warriors probably will, but... No, you can't. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm scared. Yeah, but dude, when they when they play at home, 
like I've seen it for so long. It's I've I don't it things happen there. Like they just go on runs like that. Like you were up 15 and now you're down eight. How? Like in two minutes is crazy shit. Um, oh, I didn't even realize they were the home and away game. Oh, I guess that actually makes a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah. And then I'm going. I'm sorry, Sean, but Boston. Ooh. Bucks. And then give me Phoenix. Boston in the championship. That'll be a good one. And then I have to say the winner. Yeah. Yeah. CP3, CP0 turning to CP1? No chance. No, I got Boston winning. <laughs> I know I just said that about their coach, but <laughs> I think Phoenix is just like the fact that they don't have any bench at all is going to be a problem when they play a really good team. Not only that, uh, no bench at the end of having your like 40-year-olds play yeah. playoff series. Yeah, like if I can see like even if they played the Warriors, like if – if I had them in the conference championship against the Warriors instead of the Lakers, I might take the Warriors in that just because like off the bench, they got pool coming at you. Like they're going to, they're going to score. The they're looking good on the sidelines. Yeah. Like KD and them have to sit at some point. And then these 12 minutes might determine who wins and loses. So if they play Boston or one of those really good teams, I just don't see it. But I could see KD and Devin Booker taking them a very long way. That, that's a nice two. Yeah. This is good. I don't, I don't, I'm going to just take a clip of this and send this to the boys up in Philly. I'm going to send it to B-Ball Paul on Twitter. He responds to people's Twitter DMs. No. Send a clip of you saying that, and he's going he's gonna to bring it to the locker room and be great motivation for the, for the six. It's going to be good. good uh, what do they call it? <laughs> Like Bill. corporate fodder? Or... Yeah, exactly. So I want to do a quick fun segment here. Um, I was looking at it. And this is – I've said before that the NBA needs two new teams, expansion teams. There's too much talent all around the league. Um, do you guys think we could make a starting five that could compete for an NBA Finals right now of players not in the playoffs? Yes. 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 <laughs> well, I'm going to say this. Well done. This. Well done. <laughs> we're going to do. We're going to do. Jeep and me as drafting a team. And oh shit! As drafting things. a team. Ooh. Wait. Who's my teammate? Your Nebs's teammate. Nebs. So, let's do it. So we're going to see which one of us can make a better starting five of players not in the playoffs, and Damn. see. One of these can win this. Can win Do this I time. have to pull up the teams on in the playoffs? Not to forget. Oh. As as the guest nebs, we'll let we'll let you guys go first. We're oh, done. we're going first. Yeah, and I think you have to take one guy because and it, yeah, and it, we're taking Damian Lillard. That's hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, great. Yep. Yep. That's right. right. So you guys got Dame, uh, Jeter. What do you what do you think here? I think Luke. Can we talk to each other? Like we can. Yeah. Well, how, okay. We have to communicate. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, I don't know if it went one. Then. And me then you know like just like that oh but we're gonna okay. go teams because there's not enough to do a five okay. for us, i think but uh yeah. yeah no i think we have to do luca i, I think luca's the right pick here yeah can't team up damon luca that'd be dangerous all right you guys get back all right nebs what are you thinking i'd say pure skill wise it's probably Kyrie, but i don't know if we should add Kyrie with dame i'm trying to who didn't make it in the east 
Give me the teams because I know the West. I just don't uh, know. The, the East is uh, Bulls, Bulls, Raptors, Pacers, Wizards, Magic, Hornets, Pistons. So a lot of good young talent in the East, but not really a ton of all stars. Okay. And then in we'll, the West, we'll start playing playing teams that didn't make it. Don't okay. And then the, the West, give me the West. Well, so the West is interesting because we have the Pelicans. So if we want Zion to stick with Dame, yeah, that guy. I don't, I don't know if we're allowed to do that though. Yeah, is he? Is he? Is he even? Yeah. In- I don't think so. Yeah, you can take him, but he won't be healthy enough. Okay, he's not, yeah. he's not playing. He's playing two. He's playing two games of the seven game series. That's what you got. Probably yeah. one and a half on percentages. And I would say the best player available is probably on the Thunder. Oh, with Shea. Yeah, could be an interesting pairing. I like that. You're missing someone. I I think. Wait, uh, say the Lakers. Say the West team. It's you Thunder, Pelicans, Mavericks, Jazz, Trailblazers, Rockets, Spurs. I'm marking in. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of Siakam too. Siakam's also good. With with Dame. I think we could do one or the other, whoever you would prefer between Shea and Siakam. I think, I think Shea's right. the better player. But I think I, take Shea. Take Shea. Shea? Yeah. All right. We we got Shea. Yeah. All right. You was trying some reverse psychology there on you guys. But, yeah, uh, we were Sean literally just texted me <laughs> SGA, and I was very much on board. Um, uh, so, so, Jeeb, I think we go two directions here. I think Kyrie, but we've seen Luke and Kyrie together before. <laughs> that team work. was literally ass. Yeah. Like, they were so bad. Kyrie's the talent, most talented person left out there. Unbelievable. But I'm thinking building this around Luka. And I kind of... I kind of like Bradley Beal to get slotted in here. Hear me out. Vucevic. I think that's too early. Too early draft. They're not taking Vucevic there. <laughs> we were not going to take Vucevic. <laughs> I think there's some talent out there. That I we, think that we, we need some solid, uh, some solid meat in the middle. Go for it. Right. Take Vucevic. Uh, we'll, we'll think about him, but um, oh, you know, there's another guy out there, but I don't think they'll take him next either. Well, we're we're going to go with Bradley Beal. Taking Beal. All right. I think I think we have three options here. We have the guy we we wanted last round. I feel like that's a good front runner. Yeah. Another guy in the front court in Toronto that could be interesting. And depending on how young we want to skew this, Paolo Bancaro could be interesting too. I was thinking about that. I I, I was legit thinking about him for the last round too. Yeah. Uh, so what do you guys know about all these guys? I thought I was the only one that knew about these Wait guys. Wait a second. How do you know about these guys? <laughs> Did he win rookie of the rookie of the year? He he will. He will. Yeah. Yeah. He uh he made the all-star team. He's very good. He but is, if this is about competing this year. He is very good. But I um, uh I like that pick and roll partner with our two guards. I think that's kind of the direction we want to be thinking here. Are you thinking about Scotty as the other big guy? Yeah. So I think it's Scotty Siaki. I don't know if I've seen him enough, to be honest. Like, is he good? Is he really good? Uh, he was. He, he got more hype early on. And then I think, in theory, if all of these guys in Toronto are as good as, as public opinion is on them, they probably would be in the playoffs right now, and they are not. You know what? This is crazy, but I think we take Pablo. Let's honestly, do it. Honestly. Give us Bancaro. Yeah. Nice little starting five shaping up. Wow. Is he play a three? I he guess we'll fight. 
We'll figure it out. I think right? Yeah, that's wild. So Kyrie is still on the board. Kyrie is still <laughs> on the board. <laughs> that's We're really gonna... tempting. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley Beal was the missing link to make Luca and Kyrie work, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the problem was more more offense and less defense. But no, gee, what do, what do you think about Larry Markkinen? I, I like that. Um, yeah, I I'm fine with that. I like Corey. I think if we're looking at the guys out there in the small forward position, I think he might be the best guy because he had a, he had a fantastic season. Um, don't sleep on Larry. I think I think somebody's going to pick him up in the next couple of years and he'll be a big part of the team. Um, so, so we're going to go with Larry Marketing. I like it. I like how it's shaping up. All right, Nebs. Now I think it's time to pick one of those wings because that'll really start to round out our lineup pretty nicely. I think we take, I think we take Siakam. Honestly. I think we do too. Yep. Put him right at the three. Put him at the three. I like it. Nice looking team. Okay. We can stick Dame off ball too, which would be we, fun. We need some defense. Yeah, Dame, Dame might play shooting guard in this. We do need That's some what I'm saying. Oh yeah, definitely. If I'm looking at who's out there, See, Laurie can play power forward or small forward. I don't want Lamelo. Kind of getting thin here, but we could, we could skew young. We could, we could look into like a Jalen Green. Really infuse some explosiveness in, onto the roster. Exactly. Or, I mean, we can look at that Bulls team. They're just stacked with good names, but not very good chemistry. Um, Why not Caruso? Because <laughs> I, I think I'd rather have DeRozan than Caruso. We we need just or, or Levine. Yeah, probably would rather have DeRozan actually. Um, oh no. Do you want do you want Caruso? Actually, you know what? You know what? He's still on the board. It's going to be an awkward team, but I I think we should take Tyrese Halberton, Jeep. Interesting. I'm I'm fine with it. We don't really have a true point guard, but. All right, we'll take in Tyrese Halburn. You can you before you guys make your uh, fifth pick here. We should also pick a six man as well. We won't do the full roster, but we'll we'll do a six man as well. So wait, so we get two in a row right now? No, no, no. We we have to make our center pick before. Okay, you guys, yeah. sounds good. Um, but uh, yeah. So can you guys say your team again and then uh, make your center pick? Yeah, yeah. So our squad right now, I think we're gonna have SGA running the one. I think we're going to have Dame running the two. So he gets a little off ball. We love that. Two guards. We're going to have Siakam at the three. We have Paolo Bancaro at the four. And then we are going to take Miles Turner to play at the five. Oh, gross. You can have him. What? You don't like Miles Turner? No, did you get to consult on this? I do like Miles Turner, actually. Yeah, you should. We wanted to take somebody else. But like just purely defensively, we need somebody. We need a rim protector because yeah, that's bad. I think he's a better rim protecting option than uh, Chris Dabbs. See, you guys, you guys don't watch modern basketball. It's, who cares about defense? Just put up 170 points. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we might. Um, Jeeb, you want to you want to pick your boy? This, Boose. Boosevich. We're going pure offense here. Um, I did consider just usurping that and taking Bulbul, but that's just because I love Bulbul. But yeah, starting for a very <laughs> European team, the league is trending that direction. Yeah, yeah, very Eurocentric. All right, Skylar, make our make our sixth pick. 
Yeah, you. I, I, should we do who we talk about? Of course. Yeah, let's I, get that would, he, Yeah, go ahead. We're getting Brandon Ingram coming off the bench. It is disrespect. <laughs> it is disrespectful that he fell this low. By the way, <laughs> I didn't think about him from earlier. I think I would take Brandon Ingram over Siakam. I probably would too, but I don't hate it considering how bad our team is at defense on paper. Yeah. And now if you have Miles that is the problem. No, Siakam. Yeah, the way yeah, we needed a wing defender. Yeah, you're right, but see, I, like. B- I, that's, that's B- yeah, perfect off the bench. Laurie Markkinen over Brandon Ingram. Laurie Markkinen had a fantastic season. He's good, but like, if would you like if you drafted tomorrow, you would take Laurie Markkinen over Brandon Ingram? They had the same amount of all stars, and one had one more recently. <laughs> I'm would, asking, would you? That's not answering. I'm the question. asking my question again. Would you take? <laughs> like, do it until you answer. Laurie Markkinen had a great career. <laughs> right, John, you have a future in politics. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> politics. Jeeb. <laughs> Any press is good press. Oh, man. I'm going to make a great six, man. He sure would. Where is Nick Batum these days? <laughs> <laughs> want, to, want to take a little Otto Porter Jr. here? Um, well, uh, why don't we just stay with the Pelicans and take uh, CJ? Well, I would rather take Zion over CJ as the sixth man. Mm, I like CJ. Don't really have a true point guard. Not that CJ is even a true point guard. two point guards. What? <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton? Who was your other one? Oh, Luca. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Luke is more of like a just a, a small, he's small forward who can score. It's like a Giannis point guard. I mean, we could we could take Kyrie. Take Kyrie. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> what does that say about your morality that you'd even? Yeah. I don't know if we. I don't know if we can post this graphic if nobody takes Kyrie. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to take it seriously. No, because our team's going to blow up in the middle of the season. I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to tell you right now, G, like, either way, our team is going to wax your team. Yeah, our team. I don't, I don't it's so. it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> we picked a great crew over here. <laughs> yeah, well, we were real nice to you and didn't do uh, success rules. We just did back and forth. <laughs> I don't know. Game's old and slow and can't play basketball anymore. So That's what they say. <gasps> <That's- laughs> you also don't believe that. You would, I, <laughs> I was like, I would you love said to that me. to hurt me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, all right, Jeeb, who who do you want? I I I don't know. Um, damn, right, I don't I, even know who's out in the playoffs. We're gonna take the Rockets draft rights to Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> and they just <laughs> not play him in the playoffs at all. <laughs> um, all right, we're taking Kyrie. No, oh. no. We're taking Kyrie Irving, the basketball player. We are taking Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, and public speaker. Yeah, you get all the Kyrie. You can't separate this out. That's not how this works. No, I, 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 <laughs> hey, I, if we hadn't forgotten about Brandon Ingram, I would have picked Kyrie. Kyrie would be a great I agree. Yeah. You know, he should come. Like, you should take him. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah, looking That's back, good. I'll be honest, um, probably should have taken Zion. Well, I like that nobody took like we yeah. had. If someone picked him as their six man, it wouldn't really make sense. You have you have to p- pick players that play. Yeah, we were he either picking play, all so. of Zion or none of Zion. We can't do this little halvesies game. Lonzo with good knees. What's the? 
on your team, who's made it the furthest? Have any of you guys played in a final? Definitely not. No. We 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 have an NBA Finals um winner on our team. We also have uh Wait, Siakam. Oh, you're talking about yeah, uh yeah. Finals winner. Yeah. Oh, you do. All right. So we're one and one in finals winners. Wait, who do you have? Kyrie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um Luca also has played in a conference finals. That's true. That's true. Yeah, our team skews young for sure. Dame's played in the conference finals. This is crazy. I would have taken Banchero if he was there for us. Yeah, that's a good pick. He's he he's gonna be incredible. Yeah, he looks so. like a he kind of looks like a like bigger Tatum. I know they went to Duke and it's very like if he learns how to shoot like him, like he's just. I definitely say he skews closer to a forward than a wing. Yeah, not as he's like rails. But I, he can shoot though. Yeah, he, he can he, shoot. He's like uh, he's like. Jason Tatum, if Jason Tatum had thought that he was going to be a tight end for the first right. 17 years of his life. But, like, off the dribble, I'm like, wow, he yeah, can still, like, pull up and whatever. All right. What I was going to ask you guys is of, like, the past couple of finals, because I'm just thinking about, like, how close, like, a team is from winning it all versus, like, of KD shot when his – on the, line. on the line as game yeah, six. Right. I'm looking at it right now. Who who did the Bucks play in that conference finals? You guys remember? Wasn't it the Nets? Was that no, not the heat. finals? It wasn't. It was the Celtics. It was Heat or Celtics. It was the Heat. It was no. They played the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, the right, because they beat the Sixers. I yeah. blocked that out of my memory. That's so, conference final. I forgot if, about if that. If hits that shot, they beat the Hawks. Come on. Yeah, easy, easy. And now I don't know if he beats – like, there's so many what-ifs that come down the line. So this is why you can't kind of play this game. But I'm just trying to think about this. Think about him. Think about if Kawhi – that's why I asked you. Doesn't make that bouncer. It goes out. And Jimmy Butler's still on the Sixers. Oh, yeah. Like – I guess we can do injuries too, but I was just thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, you think if Katie? It's crazy when it's one shot. It's one, but it's that happens a lot though. Oh yeah, Kyrie, if he misses that that three, and then they just play for another minute, I don't know know what. I mean, you can even go back to the Ray Allen three with LeBron of just like I know due to the rest of LeBron's career, like probably alters it completely. I agree. And, I mean, even with the injuries I brought up earlier, it's just, like, in all of this competitiveness, it all boils down to, like, that fucking, like, one thing bouncing off. Because I don't, I don't think Jimmy Butler would have left if you guys made the finals. Yeah. It was still about the money. Money and uh, years. And he, he wanted to be on the Heat. He's a Heat culture kind of guy. Um, but, but I do get what you're saying. I do like those kind of what-ifs when the team's constructed more than draft day what-ifs. Yeah. What ifs like anything can happen? Michael Elowa Candy or whatever went before whoever. <laughs> like he has yeah. one pick. But like I, yeah, those like split seconds, a butterfly flaps over your wing and cut and yes. Katie's foot is on the is on the line. But there's there's a couple more of those. Like think about that Thunder team. If they don't yeah. blow a three one lead to the Warriors in the conference yeah. finals. That was another one I was saying, but yeah. Katie never joins the Warriors, they probably. He, he, I don't think he's in the Thunder forever, but he's probably wins yeah. two times there before leaving. Oh yeah, that team, you know. Yeah. Um. So it's the, there's definitely some interesting ones in the NBA. 
Yeah. What if Ben Simmons, you know, liked basketball? <laughs> the you draft know? day one's always done around the Blazers, so it's it's heartbreaking to even think about those. Like Blazers what? have the worst injury ones, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah Sam Bowie. Well, yes, yeah, also also an injury, but like who we took him in front of will forever like you know, right there, right after yeah, the Greg Odin, the the Sam Bowie. Yeah, well tough. Sam was before Hakeem and Michael. No, he was two. He was two. Well, Sam two? Yeah. Hakeem went first, you're correct. But you uh, know, missing out on Michael good. Jordan's enough. That's it. Uh, <laughs> and then followed by Kevin Durant. Yeah. Missing MJ and KD. Oh man, talk about a different oh, franchise. It's brutal. And with Greg Oden, like Yeah. Well, Greg Oden could have been good. That's the when unfortunate. He, when he played, when he played with Brandon and Lamarcus, that team was I think they they played only 62 games together. That's so sad. And I think they were 52 and 10. I couldn't I wouldn't even think that they'd played that many, to be honest. Yeah. They put and then because Brandon then tore his ACL right after too, and then yeah. was out the league in two years. Yeah. Crazy. So what, what what are the Blazers going to do next, or what should they do? Maybe not what they're going to do, but what should they do? It's a it's think, a crossing roads moment. I think they should like maybe try for like half the summer to get somebody of like stature, but I don't even know who's in the free agent market like that that you could get. So I think you just honor James. honor Dame's wishes, trade him somewhere he wants to be traded, and maximize the value on it. And I think we're okay with that too. I told I told you. Uh, this I think it's either that or like uh, the, I mean, the Raptors firing Nick Nurse means that you have two guys that potentially could slot in next to Dame pretty easily, but it would involve mortgaging the future. You're like, talking about from the Raptors? Yeah, like either Siakam or Scotty Barnes could be yeah. like four or five first rounder kind of thing where you just go, we're all in, we're gonna get somebody for Dame, we're gonna be bad for the next six years afterwards, but it's worth it to try to get a real run. I would love to see it, but I've heard that about Siakam the last time around. Didn't happen. Heard about Kevin Love for, like, as soon as LeBron left. They've been saying that because he's from Portland. Yeah. So there's been, like, a lot of that. I just, I like. I believe it never happened. I, I thought it was, like, gonna like right after they he went over to L.A., I was like, okay, they're going to try it next, you know, whatever. They yeah. never, never materialized, and it's just, like, at this point, I mean. But at that time, right, we had C.J. too, and we did make a conference finals. Yeah, got swept, but made one. So, <laughs> um, All right, what about what about this? What about next year? Your team looks like this because there's a couple free agents that I think could work. You got Chris Middleton on the market. Okay, he comes join. You I also like have Fred Van Fleet's out there as well. He could be. He's another too small of a guard to probably pair with Dame. Yeah, be interesting. Um, Draymond Green. Mm. They've been saying that one for forever too. Forever thinking like especially when we had CJ like we needed somebody like him to unlock the offense because we drop it off to Nurkic and he's he like he can finish at the basket but he's not making the decisions Draymond but like a lot of the players you you're saying except for Chris who's like in his prime like either like I don't see Van Fleet working we had CJ he's better than him and he was um, not as good and then Draymond's like if this was six years ago maybe. But yeah, you, guys, you could just end up with Austin Reeves, though. <laughs> is that is he on there? Yeah, he's he's pretty low. Karis Levert's like an interesting one at twenty five, and like Grant Williams. 
Yeah, I mean, you can definitely cobble together. I mean, I'm looking at the list right now, too. And, you know, you got people like uh, like uh, Jacob Pertles on there. He'd slot in very nicely next to everybody. Yeah. Really some, like, nice bets that can fit in pretty well. But, I mean, that never happens. I'm with you. You don't just construct a team through free agency. It's so hard to get even one of those guys. So, Well, the thing is, like, outside um, – after. Except for this year, the last ten years we were in the playoffs. I think we were the longest yeah. team or whatever. And like with Dame, like we've done that, been there. And I, whatever team we construct, unless we got somebody that's like a Part second star, most talented guys on this free agent. Yeah, and even they don't think I, like we would need to make a finals or whatever to make it feel like it's da- worth it to Dame or even like do that to him again. Like, I don't want to see him just carry out his career like that. So I'm going to throw you a situation here. What if the Blazers ended up w- w- getting the second pick in the lottery and they decide that, that they want to use it as an asset to get Dame the best supporting cast they possibly can. What do you think would be possible there? I mean, my mind keeps going to the Raptors because I think, I think they have the most talent on a team that's like actively selling right now. And would be happy to like take scoot and restart a little bit. Maybe would take a couple more picks or whatever. But that could be interesting to yeah. keep an eye on. They have not gotten lucky in the lottery the last few years. Maybe they do. And that would end up giving them an asset that might turn. What's into- our chance on the number one pick? Is it very low? Because we're not. On no, that not pop. very low. I mean, right now, the yeah. highest chance anybody has is 14. 14%. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I think you guys are probably sitting right around like. If we get one, it changes. Yeah, and then I think oh, you oh take. I th- I think it takes you take like oh, something true. like that that would make it, like I think we're at the point with Dame is like everybody that's a Blazer fan is a Dame fan at this point. Yeah, and so it's like if we can actually like try to go win one, then let's run it back. But I think yeah. he's at the point too. He's like, if we're not trying to win one, get like, me out of here. Yeah, not like but like in the most respectful way I've ever yeah. seen ever. Like build a statue and then send, you know, send him on his way. Cause I, I think I would just immediately adopt that other team, depending on who it is. Like it's not going to yeah. And then just like <laughs> want to see Dame win a ring yeah. and the whole city would at yeah. this point, you know, I think that, I think that conference finals against the Warriors that year was our best shot. And like, that's what I'm saying. Watching them play in that conference finals, we got swept, like I said, and I think we were up, 20 plus in every one of those games yeah and, it's uh, it's tough because it's always been like roster based like it was never yeah. our individual players are not good enough it's like man we just need like that one more guy they can just yeah. give us some size and and you're playing against like like a historic great team too like yeah. if like you don't have the bodies if you don't have the bodies you don't oh even before that though like when it was just uh clay and steph in their peak yeah. Well, yes. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, thanks for coming on, man. This was fun. Um, when the Blazers inevitably get the number one pick and get Victor Wembanyama, and then Damon or in the Wembanyama are in the finals next year, we'll have you back. Dude, have you back we'll have don't you back. even joke about that. <laughs> if, if the right. Blazers get the first pick and take Wembanyama, you know Scooty Barnes or whatever his name is going to be. Scoot Henderson is going to be an amazing player. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'll catch you. Talk later, guys. See you guys.